Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steve joining us soon from the Sunbury Motors studio. And happy NFL kickoff day tonight. The Texans and the Chiefs on NBC. Looking forward to finally seeing some football again, especially without a preseason. Be curious to see what the teams look like tonight, what the game's gonna atmosphere is gonna look like tonight with no fans, especially with the Chiefs celebrating their Super Bowl championship from last year. Of course, Brett Veach and the Mount Carmel native leading the way as GM of that team. So looking forward to seeing the Chiefs and the Texans tonight. We got lots of football to get to today of all variety. Merrill Reese, the voice, the great voice of the Philadelphia Eagles on today at 335 to get ready for Eagles Washington. As the Eagles open up their season on Eagle 107 at 1 o'clock on Sunday. So look forward to have Merrill rejoin the show today. And then we have our high school football roundtable. First one of the year as high school football gets kicking off around the Valley this week. We'll have the Chief, Dave Ritchie, joining us to get ready for Chickalemi Central Mountain here on WKOK Friday night at 7. Pre-game at 6.30. Then we'll have Greg Wetzel over for Lewisburg as they take on Central Columbia on 100.9 The Valley. And we'll have Zach Showers, our good staff man for Sealands Grove Seals football with Pat O'Brien and Dave Hess on Eagle 107. Saturday, Sealands Grove going up to Milton to take on the Black Panthers. So that is coming up at 4.06. And then tomorrow, more football. NBC's Peter King, Football Morning in America, is going to join us at 4.06. We'll recap last uh, uh, tonight's game against the uh, the Chiefs and Texans. Get ready for week one as well. And then our first set of picks in quite some time with the King, Steve, and myself. We already picked tonight's game. All of us like the Chiefs. Steve thinks it's going to be a close game, and I, I think so too, relatively, but I just really love the Chiefs this year. I love what they've done in the offseason. I think they're going to go deep again next year. We're also going to have our rest of our NFL picks for week one, some college football picks too, and just for fun, I don't think Steve and the King did this last year, but I want to do some Super Bowl picks. Get us all on the record, beginning of the season, what we think. So I think that might be fun. So that's we have a lot of good football stuff coming up tomorrow, and uh, today and tomorrow right here on the Steve Jones Show, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Looking forward to having Merrill on today and getting ready for the high school football roundtable as well. And then one thing to get to from to finish up our conversation yesterday with the ACC 
proposing to have an all-inclusive NCAA tournament for basketball. It was just announced today by the NCAA, uh, this is a story from ESPN.com, that the NCAA right now is not considering having that type of tournament, which I was very happy to hear. I get the arguments again about the about the money and all that and where how that would be badly needed right now, but I just it's just too much. It'd be too convoluted. It's a lot of time in it. And that ESPN article referenced too that a lot of money would have to go into getting ready for something like that, which is gonna have five <sighs> times as more teams. So we got a lot to, we got a lot going on today. James yeah. Franklin on ESPN radio too this morning and continue to express his frustration with the Big Ten as he should be. Well, he should, uh, but there's maybe a little more news on that. Uh, I have stayed away because, look, if I need to find out something, I have the ability, I think people know, to make a phone call or text, right, Um, what's going on. There are certain people that are plugged in. Well... So we're going to give you two of them, one on football, one on basketball, of people who are plugged in. Okay? Teddy Greenstein, Chicago Tribune, and John Rothstein of CBS Sports. Okay? So um, so let's start with Teddy Greenstein. Teddy Greenstein's Chicago Tribune is about as plugged in as anybody in this conference. He's in Chicago. Now, look, nobody's been in the Big Ten offices. In fact, I think Kevin Warren might be working for Minneapolis. I think. I'm not so sure he's moved. He might have, but... But Teddy Greenstein put out a tweet... Uh, and this is how you get the word out quickly is you use Twitter <laughs> as if I would have any knowledge of that alright Teddy Greenstein sports writer Chicago Tribune just learned RE timing of Big Ten vote will be this weekend at the earliest Sunday or Monday possible Okay. There you so have that, it. I mean, well, I'm just saying, this is somebody that is plugged in. This is somebody that I think is under the category of being the kind of really good reporter that... Uh, doesn't get too far in front of his skis. How about that? You know, some people are out there trying to make a name for themselves, and they'll throw out stuff, and hopefully enough of it sticks, and they make a name for themselves, and it doesn't matter how many they missed on. They hit on one or two, and hey, great, you know? And that's how they do. That's not Teddy. That's not Teddy. If Teddy Greenstein writes something like that, you sit back and go, okay, that's got some backbone to it. 
just learned RE timing a Big Ten vote will be this weekend at the earliest, at the earliest, Sunday or Monday possible. All right, that's one. Right, now let's get to John Rothstein. Now, John Rothstein... Teddy covers everything, but I mean, a lot of people feel like when it comes to football, he's he's all over it. When it comes to college basketball, John Rothstein, I tell you, whenever he puts stuff out there, it's a pretty good chance it's probably right on the track. Okay? John Rothstein, sources, the Big Ten remains intent on playing non-conference games in college basketball. The Big Ten remains intent on planning to play non-conference games in college basketball. By the way, Taylor Battle was added to the Penn State staff today by Patrick Chambers as an assistant coach. The all-time leading scorer is back. Although I will point out that as the all-time leading scorer, he was hanging on there at the end of the season with, with, with Lamar coming at him. Uh, but uh, so Taylor Battles added to the Penn State basketball because Kevin Freeman Free had Free uh, got a got a chance to go back to UConn. Not only that, he got a great contract at UConn too. So those are the two tweets of the day other than Liam Robbins being eligible in Minnesota to play basketball, which I expected, by the way. I expected that. But John Rothstein, Big Ten remains intent on planning to play non-conference games in college basketball. Teddy Greenstein, same story with Teddy. Okay? You know, this is not one of those fly-by-night guys. If if he's tweeting something like that, I'm going to make the leap of faith that there is some substance behind it. How about that? Now, if they are, I have no idea what they're voting on. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I'll say this uh, about He did also put in, you know, he also retweeted some stuff about James Franklin. It's been really, really challenging. I think a big part of leadership is able to deliver answers to people's questions and also to be able to drive people toward a vision and drive people toward a plan. Right now, we don't have those things. Well, I mean, again, this is, these are all things that we had on the show Thursday night. I mean, James and I talked about this. And the fact that he tweeted this out. Okay. 
I mean, Adam Rittenberg felt like, you know, there was a statement put out by the Big Ten yesterday. You know how I feel about statements. It's a group of people sitting in the room. Like, okay, let's come up with some flowery words and don't say much. Adam Rittenberg says, no, uh, most will be frustrated by the statement. But the tone here in the response to the president's tweet indicates, I mean, the president, President Trump, indicates the Big Ten's timeline to return is moving up. Won't be as quick as many want, but late October isn't out of the question from what I'm told. Teddy Greenstein then added to that and said, just learned our e-timing of the Big Ten vote will be this weekend at the earliest. That's at the earliest, so not tomorrow, not today. Sunday or Monday possible. So we'll see. We all play the waiting game. And, of course, this all got rolling with the eight schools, seven states. Uh, Let's see. uh, There's a Speaker of the House in Michigan, Speaker of the House in Iowa, House Republican leader in Minnesota. Uh, Let's see. Pennsylvania was the, I think it was the, I think it was the Speaker of the House in 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 Pennsylvania, Senate leader Michigan. Senate Leader Iowa, Senate Leader Minnesota. They've got a whole bunch of these in here that ended up signing this thing. So the Big Ten was in response to that. But, so that's where we are. Uh, Football does start tonight. The NFL gets going. Also, the first Power 5 team plays tonight. Miami plays UAB tonight. So the first Power 5 team in action. Chiefs and Texans tonight. Merrill Reese next half hour. Peter King tomorrow. Uh, Anthony Tresh, pro football focus today. Our high school roundtable, Sands, Jacket, and Ty. Just refuses to do the show. Something about protests, don't know what that means. Is a true suit light as a spotter? Haven't been able to confirm that yet. And if so, does that put the stadium attendance at 251? (laughs) Also cannot confirm. (laughs) Could you imagine that? I'm sorry, you can't bring him in. He's 251. (laughs) That is the story of Suit Light's life. I'm number 251. Merrill Reese, next half hour. Great to have Taylor Battle back in the family. He has hung around, not hung around, he's been around this program a lot over the years. That's one thing what, what really great head coaches can do, and James Franklin is one. I think Patrick Chambers has this ability too. You can actually teach people how to teach. Great to have you with us. 
on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors care routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Any opportunity I get to spend with Merrill Reese, I cherish. He is uh, the best in the business and always a pleasure. Merrill, welcome to another NFL season. Thank you, Steve. I am uh, delighted to speak with you and delighted that there is a season. I didn't uh, know for sure for several months, and I had a lot of people tell me, There is no way that they're going to start this thing in September if they start it at all. Uh, You better figure on October or November and they'll do some kind of abbreviated thing. But here we are uh, approaching the opening of the 2020 season tonight. And here we go. It's going to open up tonight, and the Eagles get an opportunity, obviously, to open as well. Let's start about one of the intriguing moves that had to be made, and that was Jason Peters going from right guard to left tackle. Obviously, he knows how to play it. There's no getting around it. But what is this now, the domino effect for this Eagles offensive line, which had to be done out of necessity? Well, it changes, and you put Matt Pryor, who doesn't have a lot of experience, in at right to guard. And the, the big thing there is I'm concerned about depth. They really do not have experienced depth on the offensive line. It would be misleading to say that they did. Now, they have some young players who look to be talented, but they're inexperienced. Uh, Not the least of which is Jordan Mailata, the former rugby player uh, who came here a few years ago and tried to learn football. And I don't know how far along he is because we didn't have a preseason. That's where you really needed a preseason, at least three preseason games to allow these guys to go out and play. But uh, that's what you have. You have You have a rookie by the name of Jack Driscoll, who is intriguing, uh, came out of Auburn after playing at Connecticut for three years. But, again, uh, a guy who does not have NFL experience. Even even the most uh, accomplished college player, the number one draft choice, Jalen Rager, and I'm not sure he's ready to go this week, but even if he is, he's going from college football, even if it's at the highest level of TCU, into the NFL and there is a vast difference in the speed of the game. In fact, what's interesting is you're in a spot that I'm in every season. No preseason games, and you come out of the gate with that first game, and then you start to really find out with certain players how they're going to be. In the NFL, that doesn't happen. There's always preseason games. So how how different is this for you to to view the Eagles for the first time in a regular season game? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, This is my 44th season. Some people think it's my 144th season, but it's my 44th season. And I have never entered a season knowing less about this team and less about everybody else. I I know that people moan about the preseason games, but it's still still football. It's still a format, and it's still watching players acclimate themselves into an NFL offense and defense. I can tell you who looked good at practice. 
but sure. practice does not tell the story. I mean, there, there are players who, who have surprised you where they've struggled through a camp and they've come on and have great seasons, and then there are the, the Mr. Augusts of this world who just catch everything at training camp and they, they get into a regular season game and their hands turn to stone. Yep. I, you, you and I have the same experience when it comes to I mean, I may be going 30th season, but you and I both know I was referred to them as the 5 o'clock hitter. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'll tell you, they go out for batting practice, and that ball's being driven all over the place, and they get in the game, and they're 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, a couple of weak rounders to short, because suddenly they're throwing breaking stuff they didn't see before. Well, if you've ever gone to a PGA golf tournament and yep. gone after the range before they begin the round, and you see yes. the players that morning, and somebody is just hitting draws and fades and doing everything he wants to, and then he goes out that day and three putts four times and shoots 77. You just don't know. Exactly. I mean, I'll see that in basketball practice. Man, he's hitting every three point shot. Put him in the game. Mm-hmm. You have to come up with eight different ways of saying no good. All right, so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's get to Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, a lot revolves on what, what's going to happen with him. For him to make the next step on the field, Merrill, where now you know, like I mean, he's done so many good things. What are a couple of little things that he maybe has to do that Doug wants to see him do that then takes everybody with him? Well, there's one big thing, really, and that's stay healthy. And, you know, Buddy Ryan said years ago, durability is as important as ability. And I don't want to accuse him of being uh, not durable because he did in his uh, first year start and play all 16 games. Uh, The second year, he was the MVP of the league before he went down against the Rams. The next year, he did have a back problem. But last year, he came back and he played all 16 regular season games until Jadavian Clowney hit him in the Seattle playoff game and he hit his head on the ground and, and had the concussion. But, uh, I mean, he hung in there. He's big, he's tough, he's strong. Every quarterback is is endangered species while he's out there. I mean, some people refer to Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and I can understand why. But we've seen him go down to parts of seasons. With him, the... Uh, the injury du jour seems to have been the broken collarbone, but we've seen that happen many times. We saw Peyton Manning go through a whole career practically without missing a play, let alone a game, and then right. boom, he went down and missed an entire season with a neck injury. Uh, the the only one who seemed to have hung in there, Eli, who was nowhere near as spectacular as Peyton, never seemed to get hurt, and Brett Favre would go out there and play with two broken arms and a dislocated shoulder, (laughs) but he stayed out there. So there are those rare, rare species. But but most quarterbacks do get hurt at some point. But Carson is big and he's strong and he's in the best shape of his life. And if he stays healthy and the offensive line allows him to survive, I think he's going to have a great year. When you look at the receiver, because you mentioned Rager, they put a lot of effort into the receiver part, but there's one point I think during the preseason, where they were back down to the exact same guys they had last year. Uh, now Jeffrey's around, Rager's around. What does Carson Wentz need from this receiving group? Because it's one thing for the quarterback to help the receivers; the receivers need to help the quarterback. 
they need he needs this receiving core to to stay on the field, uh, not to not to be repetitious. Uh, Alfred yeah. Jeffrey's not ready to go. I don't know when he will be, but he's he's not going to play this week. Uh, he's had that foot injury, and I don't know when he's coming back. Uh, Rager uh, Rager has been out for several weeks, but he could he could be back this week in a limited way. Uh, the the guy who is back and he's a hundred percent healthy is the burner to Sean Jackson who last year destroyed Washington in the opener and then only played another few plays in the second game and was lost for most of the season. I don't know what the over-under on Deshaun Jackson is. If he stays healthy when he's out there, he's a force. But uh, can he give you 10 games? I I wouldn't bet on it. I, I mean, I hope so. But he does get hurt. J.J. Uh, Ortega-Whiteside was a rookie last year and wasn't greatly successful. But Neither was Mike Quick, believe it or not. His rookie year, he caught 10 <laughs> passes. And that's what Ortega Whiteside caught last year, 10 passes. The guy that Mike looks at and, and is very proud that, that he wears number 82, which was Mike's number, yeah. is mm-hmm. John Hightower out of Boise right. State. And I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't involved in more than a couple of plays this Sunday when they open at RFK. And RFK right, does so, say RFK, FedEx. Yeah, yeah, it's FedEx, yeah. Uh, it, yeah it's FedEx, I, I, I have to remember the name of the team and the stadium. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's the Washington Football Club. All right. Washington Football Team. <laughs> Washington Football Team. We were or, a run through this morning, and I called them the R-word six times. Uh, <laughs> just refer to them as them. Them. Right, uh, They're the Washington whatever. Yeah, I... Them, they have it. Them, uh, yeah, they have it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Defensive, <laughs> defensively, Merrill. What's what's gonna? What's the positive going in? Do you think defensively on this team? And then what could solve a lot of problems if a potential weakness becomes a strength? Well, I'll tell you. I'm still waiting for Javon Hargrave, who they picked up from the Steelers in the offseason, to be healthy. He's yeah. been hurt. But when he comes back, and it shouldn't take too long, and Malik Jackson is back after injury last year, and you have Brandon Graham, who I think a lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves. He's a leader. He's just a terrific player with a great motor. Uh, Derek Barnett, um, he's had injury problems. But when he's out there, I think they have a lot of talent on that offensive line. And if Hargrave and Malik Jackson can help keep the double teams off of Fletcher Cox. He is just going to wreak havoc on opponents, backfields, and quarterbacks. He is just hes just a great, great player. All right, so that, you know, with the season opening up, how interested are you to be at the level of play? I mean, at the end, there's going to be a winner and a loser, and whomever wins is going to feel really good about themselves, and whoever lost is going to have to go back to the drawing board in some areas. How much are you in what the level of play might look at because of the fact there wasn't as much hitting, there were no preseason games and so forth? Well, I, I'm not all that concerned for this reason. I thought, I, thought, I thought the level of play was horrible for the last 10 years because yeah. coaches have gone away from playing their regulars during the preseason. They put them out there for a series in the first preseason game, They put them out for a quarter in the second preseason game. They let them play a half in the third preseason game sometimes. 
and then they sit them in the fourth preseason game. So there are a lot of flags going on during the September games. It usually takes you four games to see what we used to consider real NFL football. So I ask, can it look any worse? We'll see. Yeah, and in fact, that's what people have asked me. You go out and speak to groups. And they'll comment to me about, oh, Penn State's tackling is so bad. And I sit back, I look, I said, everybody's is. To me, it's not usually till the third game. Mm-hmm. Not that you've had two games where you tackled, until the third game where you feel, kind of feel like you've got something crisp out there. That's just my observation, Merrill. No, you're right. You're right. And and this year, not only did they not tackle, they they stood six feet away. They social distanced. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's, this is This is going to be very different. Yeah, very different indeed. Any read that that you have on Washington? Because obviously there weren't any preseason games there. There's no Adrian Peterson. What's your thought on Washington? I think they've got some really good players. I, I yeah. really mean that. I think that I think Dwayne Haskins, by the time he played the Eagles last year, he looked pretty good to me. He really yeah. did. He was coming along. I'm not ready to anoint him an All-Pro, but. Uh, I'm not also ready to say that he won't be their quarterback of the future and be a very good one. Uh, we have to see more. They have to see more. Uh, they have a guy this year wearing number 99, and I can't wait to see him. And the Eagles better keep them him uh, in their scope on every single play. And I know you've seen him, and that's Chase Young. He yep. has to make that defense better. He is a ferocious pass rusher. So he's he's something. Uh, they have a bunch of backs that you really haven't heard of. They have Terry McLaurin again, who was a good rookie wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody to speak up unless you're a, a Jeremy Sprinkles fan or Sprinkle fan at tight end or Logan Thomas. Uh, they they really their offensive line is okay, but uh, nothing nothing great. They're, I think I think their strength is their is their defensive front. Four and they're going to a 40 this year. They've been at a 30 for years, but they're going to a 40 this year. And when you have a, you change up with Ryan Kerrigan and Chase Young, I think they can be frightening. Yeah, no question. And then you know, I mentioned obviously no um, Adrian Peterson. No, Antonio Gibson. I think he just signed Ant- with the Lions, by the way. Yeah, Lions. Yeah, but Antonio Gibson. Uh, who's the rookie out of Memphis? Obviously, I did his last game because it was the Cotton Bowl. Oh, that's right. That's an interesting player to watch because he can catch it, but he's got more speed and power. You know, so and again, I've got the advantage. I've actually seen him, and obviously, you're going to see him for the first time. Mm-hmm. I I know they talk about the fact that he's about 230 pounds, and he did play some wide receiver. Yes, uh, at Memphis. So, uh, yep. but look, the Eagles have one of those too. Uh, not as big, of course, but the, somebody you might have heard of uh, at some yeah. point, named Miles Sanders. And you know, boy, I, can, yeah. can, can he catch the football? Him. Yeah, I recall him. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, I have to tell you, he's not only a terrific football player; he is a terrific young man. He yes. is a welcome in that locker room. He's as nice and polite and. Dedicated, he's he just he's a credit to Penn State. Yeah, he sure is. I'll tell you, mom means a lot to him, and uh, t- he's really special guy. 
Yeah, special guy. And so are you. 44th season. My respect for you grows every year, my friend. Thank you so much. Oh, I love, you know, Steve, I, I love doing it. I, I just love doing it. I, yeah. will, I will never willingly give this thing up. I mean, it's only 44 seasons, so I want to do another 44. I love it. But, I mean, I, if you talk about me, I, I'm somebody who during this, this coronavirus period where you couldn't go into work, I spend an average of eight days a week on the golf course. And yeah. I, I just love to play golf. But you know what? I love to broadcast football even more and uh, it's, it's my greatest passion in the world and I love it just as uh, I love hearing you do the Penn State games you do a fabulous fabulous job and I, I hope Penn State is back and playing football before too long and we can all hear Steve Jones who is one of the best at his craft well that's very kind of you to say and you know what it's interesting how you and I feel the same way about the job I mean that's I mean, that's yeah yeah and yeah. by the way hey. by the way I don't know yeah. I don't know if I told you but uh, this will be the first game in 44 years that I won't be at uh, we are doing all of the games this year from ah. Lincoln Financial Field they've moved us down okay. a level into a suite uh, a big suite and that's nice mm-hmm. and Mike Quick and I will sit four uh, seats apart and okay. then our spotter. We'll sit on the other side of a piece of plexiglass, and our producer will be behind us in plexiglass, and our statistician will be behind us, and uh, the producer and the statistician will be feeding us information on a screen electronically. No cards, wow. no notes. And we will be having, uh, for this away game, we will have two 60- or 70-inch monitors in front of us. It will wow. be the best seat I've had for an at-Washington <laughs> game in my career. Yes. It yes. will be great. I, and, I've, and, done, and they, I've been in that booth. <laughs> oh, I know you have. Oh, it's a mess. It's, it's a mess. It's a disaster. I, when they go past the 50, I don't know if they picked up six yards or 16. The worst. Yeah. The worst. I know. It's the worst location in all of sports. So, yes, you'll finally have one at FedEx where you can see everything that's going on. And because they moved into a suite, I hope they cater it like it was game day. <laughs> well, they won't. I mean, we do, we do have an outer lobby with a bar and a men's room and chairs and things like that. But I think the, the best they'll do is put in a box lunch and some, and some diet soda. But that's fine with me. I just and same when here. They, when the, let me tell you something. When the Eagles play home and we're in, at, in that same booth and they open up the windows, Oh, what a seat! It's it's the best seat in the house. It's great, and uh, it, it's oh, one other thing. We're gonna even though the stadiums won't have fans, we will have crowd noise. Okay. And the way they've worked that out is the crowd noise is going to be fed from the visiting or the home stadium, but but the NFL is going to feed the crowd noise, and they have it all categorized. So whoever is feeding that crowd noise will be pushing buttons like playing a piano, and the crowd will sound differently if somebody gains a yard and a half as opposed to somebody hauling down an 80-yard bomb. There is a reaction for every occurrence. So I think that's kind of neat. That is neat. Wow. See, mm-hmm. look at all the information we got here in the end. This has been great. See that? <laughs> all right. It'll, it'll be I'm different. Li- I can't wait. Oh, man. Well, hey, good luck with all of it. I know you'll be great. 
Thanks so much for your time, I'll, I'll Merrill. Do my, I'll do my best, and I'll have fun, and hopefully it will be an entertaining season that will go from start to finish, fingers crossed, uninterrupted. Yeah, yeah start to finish, exactly. And maybe the finish means Tampa. All right. Maybe. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, who knows? Thank you so much, Merrill. Appreciate you very much. Anytime, Steve. Always love speaking with you, and I hope you have a great day. And hi to all the Nittany Lion fans. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the great, and I do mean great, Merrill Reese. You know, they did, the NFL Network did a piece. Uh, top voices history of the NFL, right? Top ten, I believe. Merrill was eight. Now this includes Pat Summerall, Al Michaels. I mean, I'm talking about the national guys. What does it tell you? He is a treasure. Now he and I have also, you know, hey, and he, he's always known if, if he if he's ever needed something from me, he's called me. Vice versa. I mean, it's just been. He is a even better person than than even being a great broadcaster. Even better guy. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. High school roundtable, Sands, you know who. Next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only $17,500. 2020 Konas as low as $21,642. 2020 Tucson's from just $22,500. The deals are hotter than the inside of your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury. 